Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ongoing pandemic is the reason for the cancellation. This is a big, big loss. We spoke to Trevor Christensen, who owns Activation Pros. They help staff about 200 people uh, every year during the Comic-Con. There's uh, something going on here in the distance. I think we have an officer involved shooting. Um, excuse me, I'm going to see if we can come back out live. There's a shooting going on right now between an officer and a car that he had just pulled over. Forgive us for getting out of the story that we're covering. What? We don't know a lot about Dude, what's going on right now or how much we want to cover it. We saw this officer pull over the car about two minutes before our live hit. We are a safe distance away, and we're going to kind of stay back. We did see an officer backpedaling as he fired off a couple of shots and retreated. We can see him standing about 80 feet behind his patrol car right now, and we don't know where the suspect might be. So, Phil, we are going to send it back to you so we can get a safe distance away. Wow, you're a dedicated employee. That uh, was in the gas lamp in San Diego. Uh those shots sure sounded awful loud for him saying we're a safe distance away. Uh, yeah, they were right down the street, as I understand it. Is this right by does, the convention center, if you've ever been to San Diego, where all the restaurants he, and bars are? Does he have a concept of how far bullets can travel? I, I liked how he's saying, uh, forgive me for postponing this report on Comic-Con being postponed, but there are bullets flying by my head. Well, that's after 15 seconds of continuing to do the Comic-Con story. <laughs> While you're hearing gunshots that sound really, really damn close. Guy's got uh, stones, I'll tell you that. Or he's Uh, just slow to react. (laughs) Yeah, I think think the better reporting would have been, hold on a second, gunshots sound really close. What is going on here? And maybe I'll duck down. Anyway, let's go back to you, Jim. I think they've got the weather (laughs) and how the Padres are looking coming up after the news. The Padres are looking outstanding, by the way. Uh, so a driver in San Diego Harbor police officer exchanged gunfire Monday night during a traffic stop. Neither was injured in the shootout. One bystander was struck in the hiney by a stray round, but a glasses case in his back pocket stopped the bullet. Oh, Had the heavy-duty glasses case, evidently. That's pretty handy. Can't believe uh, the reporter just kept soldiering on. <laughs> if I'm that reporter, the cameraman is knocked down as I scream, they're shooting, and I run in the opposite direction. <laughs> More or less, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you're not an intrepid local reporter, Sean, you baby. <laughs> Forgive me if I send it back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> by the by, it's probably uh, mentioning uh, worth mentioning uh, fully that the biggest annual summer event in the beautiful city of San Diego, Comic-Con International, has been canceled again as Twice. an in-person event. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, online only. Now they're trying to come up with some sort of smaller version of it for November. Um, and I certainly hope we can do that. I mean, listen, if you're a San Diegan, you think, all right, a bunch of freakazoids in costumes, you can't get a reservation, traffic is terrible, the rest of it. But how nice will it be to see the convention centers teeming with people, the various wacky events yeah. and conventions? Oh, hell that man. Texas is open. I'll bet they're having Saddle Con or Spurs Con or whatever they have in Texas. <laughs> they're open. Oil Well Con. <laughs> Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, that's that's a huge loss of revenue. Well, Comic Con obviously, but the, the convention business in general has been decimated. Uh, cities and counties depend on that revenue, the parking revenue, the hotel taxes. You know how every city in the country you check into a hotel, it's a hundred and fifty dollar room. You end up paying one hundred ninety five dollars sure. because all the taxes. Screw the visitors' taxes. Um, that's devastating. We got to get back to normal. 
So uh, we've got an interesting story on uh, cyber warfare and how vulnerable we are. Maybe we ought to save that just so we can give it full shrift and not short shrift. We're going to be talking immigration uh, with a, a favorite of the Armstrong and Getty show, Mark Kerkorian, coming up in a little bit. Man, the immigration thing is about to turn into a story that Joe Biden is spending a lot of his time on, I think. Don't you think? I absolutely think so, and for reasons of his and his administration's own making. I, I, I saw a thing where they were yelling questions at him yesterday. Are you aware of what's going on? Oh, of course I am. <laughs> Is it a crisis? No, no, no. We've got it under control. I, I have a feeling he you know, wasn't paying that much attention. Um, he's going to have to start, or it's going to overwhelm him. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I saw the video of him reacting, what you're describing. He's, he looks like an old 80-year-old. I mean, among eighty-year-olds, he's like in the, uh, the, the 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 you know the the third quartile of looking old for their age. Well, he's the same age as my mom and younger than my dad, and he seems significantly older than both of them for some reason. Yeah, um, I yeah. don't know why. Yeah, the numbers at the border, if you haven't heard them, are just crazy. I mean, setting all kinds of records for numbers of people trying to get across, number of people that are there, number of kids that are coming across, and everything like that. They're going to figure out, have to figure out how to deal with this. And then that that message from the Biden administration um, the other day of "You're welcome to come, just not now, but you're welcome to come." What? what why did you say that? As if that's the way the coyotes and cartels operate. Oh, and then that horrible car crash yesterday. Uh. How many people died total? 14 or 15? 14. They, they had two dozen people jammed into an SUV. So, in a, in a Ford Expedition. So, I drive a Ford Expedition, and I was trying to figure out, how would you possibly get 24 people in this vehicle? I mean, I was, like, looking around at the seats and everything like that. I came up with a maximum, if you were really uncomfortable, of maybe you could get 14 people in my truck. What they did was they took out the rear seats. I saw yeah. that, but even with the seats out, I don't see how you could get another 10 people in there. They must have just been, like, laying on top of each other with the windows down, barely getting any air. It was like one of those overcrowded uh, cattle trucks, but for human beings. It's wow. utterly inhumane. It's it's debasing. It's it's dangerous, obviously. And, and that's why we need to control our borders. There's nothing compassionate about sending out the message to Central America saying, come on, come on. Has they, have they nailed down that what that's what that was? I saw that there were holes in the fence and then they saw, they saw vehicles going through the fence from Mexico. But is that, are there, have they nailed down that that's one of them? That it was illegals? The accounts I've read, in? Uh, the accounts I've read uh, left practically no doubt that that's yeah. the case. But we'll ask Mark Krikorian of the Center for Immigration Studies. We're talking to Mark in uh, just a moment or two. He is a thoroughly, thoroughly reasonable guy, and he is on top of the story. He's joining us in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All I can do is communicate both to the American public and to the individuals seeking protection. They need to wait. We are not saying don't come. We are saying don't come now because we will be able to deliver um, a safe and orderly process to them uh, as quickly as possible. What point does it become a crisis? Well, 
I would say I don't think we need to meet your bar of what we need to call it. We had the Secretary of Homeland Security yesterday conveying it's a challenge. We're going to approach this without labeling. We're going to approach this with policy, with humanity, uh, and with uh, a focus on what we can do to keep these kids safe. So I was struck by a, a level of what seemed to me at the time dumbness yesterday of arguing over whether something is a crisis or a challenge. Right. <laughs> but then I did see some quotes come forward from people that called it a crisis when it was at a much lower level when Trump was president, but now ah, yes. say this at a much higher level is not a crisis. So To discuss the messaging and, more importantly, the reality, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show Mark Krikorian, the executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies. Mark, it's been too long. How are you? I'm doing very well. I guess we can't... Uh transfer germs now uh you know over the phone so i'm happy to come back now after a while well the reason we hadn't talked to you is the whole immigration thing got solved and there was really nothing to talk about so yeah (laughs) so hey mark let's start with uh, what is the situation on the border and or moving toward the border right now the um biden administration has basically advertised that they're going to undo all of the stuff trump did uh, not going to tear down any more wall, but they're not building anymore. And more importantly, they're discontinuing these various policies that Trump put in place since Congress wasn't changing, changing laws to fix, uh, plug some of the loopholes that were drawing people. He had to do stuff with executive authority, and that means Biden can undo it. He is undoing it. The thing is, for him, he realizes that if he just undoes everything all at once, you're going to have huge number of people just show up uh, at the border. So they're trying to slow walk some of these changes. And you know what? The illegal immigrants aren't cooperating with the Biden administration's agenda. Of How dare they? To... Yeah, exactly. And so that's why you end up with these farcical performances where the Homeland Security Secretary is saying, no, it's a it's a uh, stressful challenge. It's not a crisis. I mean, it's ludicrous. Uh, and they just can't admit it. And I don't know that they really have much of a way out of it. Because if people who are coming across, and you're seeing this, people with kids who are coming across, a lot of this you're seeing in South Texas, but not just there, they're you know given a piece of paper and let go, just like it was before, the catch and release thing. And, you know, these people aren't stupid. They have cell phones. They call home and they say, hey, yeah, you know, it worked. And so their, you know, neighbor across the street and the brother-in-law says, hey, you know, maybe we should give it a try, too. And how do you stop that? Um, I, this administration is kind of in a bind. I mean, it's bad for the country, but it is kind of, you know, it's kind of like past the popcorn. And, uh, you know, watch these guys twist themselves like pretzels trying to explain this ridiculous situation that they've helped create. So I was trying to dig up, I don't know if you have in front of uh, in front of you, some of the numbers that came out in the last few days about how many people are trying to come across the border, how many kids they now have there. Um, just, I mean, it's, it's a huge increase very recently. And yeah. you're saying th- those numbers could go up from there. Almost certainly. I mean, the unaccompanied minors, these are, you know, people under 18. They're not really unaccompanied. They're illegal immigrant relatives in the U.S., sometimes their parents, sometimes other relatives, pay smugglers to bring them up to the Mexican border, and then they get across and flag down the Border Patrol. Those numbers have gone, they grew uh, in January, they were like 15% more than December. In February, they were like 50% more than in January. 
and they're projecting something like 13,000 in May, and I think that's low because last month was 9,000, something like that, of these so-called unaccompanied minors who obviously under law have to be dealt with differently uh, rather than just, you know, with the way you would deal with an adult. And um, it's only going to get worse. I mean, it's just uh, until the Biden administration does something to change what they're doing at the border, there's just going to be more and more people coming. And they're not just from Central America. They're coming from the Caribbean, but also from Africa and the Middle East and all over the place. I appreciate you bringing up the stark rise in the numbers of folks trying to cross the border because I think the unsophisticated people who just aren't news junkies figure, okay, you've got a more or less uh, constant flow of people who'd like to come into the country. Then you have little changes in policy, one administration to another. But uh, as you point out, the change in policy, the announcements by the Biden administration, those echo definitely loudly throughout Central America and the world and the coyotes and the cartels. They say, okay, now let's ramp up our operations. Let's pour people uh, into the U.S. border. They react and they react quickly. Of course. Yeah. And, And I mean, the, you know, January and February are months when the numbers of crossings almost always go down. As you can imagine, you know, it's, it's low. They're going up. And there are, you know, there are um, people from the uh, people who follow this stuff down in Central America are saying that the smugglers are actually marketing Biden's, you know, uh, policies and the fact that now Trump is gone. They're marketing that in, you know, towns and villages in Central America as a reason to get while the getting is good before the gringos change their minds. And it's so bad, and we published, we posted something on this on our website, cis.org, yesterday, that some of the smuggling groups are now um, making uh, wristbands, like at a water park, for the aliens that they're smuggling to make sure they can keep track of who's paid and who hasn't, because there's so many people there. And the wow. different smuggling groups have different color wristbands with logos. They've got numbers on them. They're computerized. You know, have you paid? Have you, where's your relatives live back in the old country? All that kind of stuff. Because it's, it's such a flow that even the smuggling groups are having trouble sort of getting a handle on how many people there are. Hey, what do you use for a number for how many illegals we have in the United States? Um, I was watching on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox the other night. He, he was, he did a montage of how many people used the the number 11 million. It just like became a talking point over many years. And he said there was a study out of Harvard and MIT, I believe it was, and their number was more like somewhere between 16 and 29 million with the with the the most likely number being somewhere around 22 23. Yeah, I mean, we've looked into it some, we're doing a deeper dive into it now and some of the problems that Tucker highlighted in that piece on his are real problems with the numbers. The thing is, I just, you know, I do not think it's 20 million people. It just isn't. Now, a lot you of don't people think it's say, that well, high. You know, the... Yeah, I don't think it's that okay. high. Okay. And one of the, re- you know, the, the reason people are suspicious is because they say, look, the number isn't changing. What's going on? It's been the same. You know, how can it be the same right. all these years? Well, the fact is new illegals are coming all the time. But people leak out of the illegal population all the time, too. Some go home, but also one out of four new green card recipients, new so-called legal immigrants, are illegal aliens who are already living here. So there's always this churn. Uh There's new people coming in, and there's people who are illegals who are basically no longer illegals one way or another. 
So, you know, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 13 million. Uh, it just can't be 20 million. You'd see it in the birth records, the death records, the school enrollment. I mean, you can't just misplace 10 million people. You know what I Interesting. mean? Interesting. So, yeah. And, and Mark my Krikorian. reaction is, how many illegals do you need, you know? Mark, we've got about 30 seconds left before a hard break, but uh, you've, you're occasionally called anti-immigrant, which is ridiculous and insulting. Give us 30 seconds on CIS's uh, vision of immigration policy in the U.S. We're a think tank uh, as opposed to an advocacy group, and what we try to do is make the case for a pro-immigrant policy of lower numbers. In other words, fewer immigrants, but a warmer welcome for those people we do legally let into our country and I think that's kind of where most people I think are you're anyways. right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. Center for Immigration Studies. Mark Recording is the executive director. CIS.org. We'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com so you can read and look at more. Mark, it's always enlightening. Thanks for the time. Thank you. And, uh, and who do you take should be a major part of the conversation? Um, I like the philosophy of we've got enough poor people. Why would we want more unskilled poor people? What, 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 how does that benefit America? Well, how does that benefit the poor people? We're being squeezed out of jobs. Cesar Chavez, that was one of his main points. He wanted to stop illegal immigration. <clears throat> Excuse me, my allergy is going crazy this time of year. Uh, to avoid undercutting the wages of his people. Shifting gears, the threat of cyber attack. We uh, dominate the world in terms of conventional weapons. When it comes to cyber attacks, not so much. Really interesting piece from Axios' new news program about that. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. It's as simple as if you can be hacked, you are hacked. I mean, that's how bad it's getting. So we're in an environment right now where um, we're playing goalie and there's slap shots coming at us every millisecond. So what are we talking uh, about I've there? I've played goalie, and that sounds terrifying. <laughs> A slap shot coming at you every millisecond? Can you even see the puck when you're a goalie, or are you just trying to anticipate where it's going to be? Uh, Both. Okay. You see it coming off the stick, and then it depends how many guys are in front of you, and you're hacking at the back of their legs with your goalie stick. Nice. <laughs> they don't like that, by the way. Not at all. Um, so what was that? That was talking about uh, cybersecurity and cyber attacks around the world. And this is from, what's the name of Axios' new news show? It's just the Axios show. Okay. It's, uh, it's on HBO. Uh, it's yeah. a weekly Sunday thing. I think I'm actually going to sign up for HBO. I, I might actually already have HBO. I don't know. But <laughs> and why do you think you still have HBO? Because of The Sopranos. <laughs> why, that was a long time ago, Jack. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever canceled. <laughs> But I've never oh, done a love you. See if they I love it. people like you so much. <laughs> How many gyms are you signed up for? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this guy hasn't watched anything since 1997. I might be a gym member in each of the last eight <laughs> cities I lived in. <laughs> anyway, I think we were talking about hacking. So this new Axios show sounds really good. I might actually sign up for HBO. They're trying to do like a 60 minutes thing, long form. It doesn't appear that they have, you know, a, a distinct agenda politically um, to, uh, to 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 come at you with. And they did a, a piece on uh, cyber attacks. And this is because of the biggest cyber attack in history 
the solar winds attack uh, on the world, and particularly the United States, that is still going on, by the way. Um, but here's a little more of it. Do you think the next escalation in this will enter the physical space? Where yeah. an average citizen oh. is like, this light bulb just went off, or this TV broke. The next conflict, where the gloves come off in cyber, the American citizen will be dragged into it, whether they want to be or not, period. It, whatever it happens to be. Apps won't work. Appliances may not work. People don't even know all the things they depend on. The idea that armed conflict could be happening on the other side of the earth, and here we're safe, the United States, no longer true. Not in cyberspace. Uh, I find that uh, fairly chilly. Well, in everything cyberspace at this point, from the obvious, the electrical grid to the water systems to work to communications to entertainment. The next big attack the average person will be aware of and affected by. My question would be, to what end? Why would you do that? Um, what would we? What would be the goal? These are, you know, state attacks. We we seem to think like from Russia or China or whatever, not a four hundred pounder sitting on his bed. Um, and I don't think China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, whoever's behind these sorts of things. I don't think they want to show their best stuff just for, for shiggles. <laughs> I mean, they would right. have to be part of accomplishing a goal. Yeah, as to what they're trying to accomplish, right, it depends on what's going on at that point and, and what the goal is. Sometimes it's warning shots. Sometimes it's demonstrations. It's like when we do war games and we unleash some sort of Moab or the mother of all bombs. You remember that one? Yeah. Um, just to just to say, hey, look what we can do. Mind your P's and Q's. Well, you see more of that. That's kind of what China did in India when they turned out the lights in half of Mumbai, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just flexing your muscles, I guess? Yeah, what'll be really interesting to watch, well, it'll all be interesting, but if enough countries develop really advanced capabilities in this sort of thing, won't we have like a round-robin cluster, you know what, where we're turning off their lights, then they shut off our water, then they got no internet, then, then uh, I don't know. <laughs> you can't flush your toilet. <laughs> exactly. Then we make it so their cars won't run. And Oh, yeah? Doesn't matter if your car runs because you can't open your garage door now. <laughs> right, exactly. And then do we achieve some sort of detente, some sort of mutually assured, uh, if not destruction, annoyance? All right. And, and hey, everybody cuts hey, it out? All right. So, so China, you can watch Netflix if we can open our garage doors. Then you start trading right. stuff back and forth. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Sean and I actually got into a conversation about this yesterday. I'm fascinated by this stuff and think about it all the time. So, if it, if, in terms of it being part of a coordinated attack of some sort, you know, an actual attack on the United States, the way Japan attacked us in 1941, if China were to try to do that for some reason, or even in an attack that is um, not particularly on the United States, but they, they, they want to establish, okay, this part of the ocean is now ours. And they got to get all their ships in place, sink some of our ships to do it. And so while they're doing that, they launch this giant cyber attack. Would you be better off sowing fear in the United States by allowing us to have our phones and social media and send crap around? Or by shutting it down. I almost think you get more fear by allowing rumors and crazy stuff to fly around on uh, Twitter and whatnot than shutting it all down. Like, say, they shut down the Internet. I got no I got no TV. I got no radio. I got no cell phone coverage. I don't know anything bad's happening. I'm not getting all worked up. I'm not hearing about runs on stores or anything. 
Yeah, it's an interesting point. I think the answer to that would just be both of those things are tools, whether it's in, leaving everything up and spreading misinformation and helping, uh, you know, foster the fear and the paranoia or shutting everything down. They'll, they'll assess it, uh, you know, at D-Day, which tools are going to be most but uh, do, effective for But us. don't you feel like your fear level would go down if you couldn't check your phone? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm wondering interesting what I'm going to do. The, the, the goal of each individual move may not be to maximize fear. Right, like if they want to move their warships off our coast, right. turning every smartphone off in America would be a great way to get your your ships into position before the the switch comes back on. I, or I don't think they they would have any interest in actually attacking the United States the way Japan did. It would be foolish, uh, even if you did do it under the cover no. of shut down cell phones. But no. I could actually see this just because I've I've read it about it a fair amount. They want to control that part of the ocean in their part of the world. The fact that we still make the decisions on that makes them crazy there in China. And if they if they shut down our water, our internet, a bunch of different things, we're in a panic. We can't communicate. And during that period of time, they sink an aircraft carrier or two, move their stuff into position, and then when everything gets turned back on, they say, "We own this part of the ocean now. What are you going to yeah. do about it?" Right. I, I get your point. I, I think it's more like, and this is a weird parallel, but like with the uh, the teachers' unions right now, what do they want? They want money. Forget the, the, we want everyone to be safe. We want to return to school as much as you do. No, that's bull S. They want money and they want power. And so the coronavirus is the topic. That's the negotiation. So if the South China Sea is the negotiation, and China's trying as hard as they can to control that, they will introduce, by the way, we're going to shut off your electric grid into the negotiations to to further complicate it. It's just leverage. They mm-hmm. just want as many tools for leverage as they can get to accomplish their main aims, which are to uh, expand their, their sphere of influence and their hold on not only their region, but as much of the world as they can get hold of. You know, like I mentioned the other day, I, I finally got a smart TV. I've not had one. And there are advantages because now I, you know, I got the Netflix app. I was going to, if I decide I want HBO, I'll download the HBO app, and all of a sudden I have HBO. But the, the 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 downside is the other day I wanted to watch my TV and I couldn't because I said I need to update my software. I never had to update my software on any of my TVs previously. Every time mm-hmm. I turned them on, they came on. Every time in my whole life, my it was fantastic. Never needed gas before. <laughs> Sorry, that would have been better if my mic was on. My horse never needed gas before. What is this? <laughs> you know what, young positive Sean, everybody taking Jack down a peg, and didn't we all enjoy it? But, but listen, but, but even more so they could turn off, you know, a bug that could turn off my TV now that couldn't happen before. Like that mentioned in that clip there, practically freaking everything. If you have a smart refrigerator, your thermostat, everything, none of it works. Not a damn thing. Your car, all, all your software equipped cars. Well, as I've expressed many times, my fondest wish, my fondest wish is to vanish into the woods and watch the squirrels cavort for the rest of my days. So uh, I'm not as worried about that sort of stuff as I am about all of the weapons uh, capabilities of the United States military, all the communications capabilities of the U.S. military. They are increasingly tech capable, and so they're increasingly tech dependent and increasingly tech take outable. And that worries the hell out of me. And, you know, it's it's no secret I'm rather close to some fairly highly placed officers in various branches. And um, and my, my cousin used to be the Secretary of Defense, old cousin Ash. You remember when I talked right. about that, Ash Carter? <laughs> um, <laughs> which is 80% bull-ass, but he was a distant cousin. Anyway, uh, 
the idea of coordinating troop movements, especially across branches, you're going to have a naval element, an infantry element, you're going to have uh, heavy artillery, you're going to have a, a tank battalion, etc., depending on the nature of the conflict. If they can't talk to each other, you're going back to, you know, World War One, where you have a guy running from this trench to that trench to tell the guys in that trench that we're thinking of flanking over to the left. And that will so change modern warfare and be such a, an enormous challenge. I mean, that, that's the real problem, I think. They can't take us out. But they can do a tremendous amount of damage to our military and our, our, our best and brightest. My horse never ran out of gas. Again, better with the mic on. Yeah, yeah, really, really kind of stubbed my own toe on my bed there. Yeah. <laughs> Still a good line, though, Sean. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> Old Simple Jack, folks. That's his nickname. You heard why. Yearns for the simpler days. So I don't know how many times I've seen the story on TV, and I finally just got it now. All the the, the various television uh, news programs doing a feature on how the Washington Redskins are eliminating their cheerleaders and replacing them with a dance team, and it's an opportunity to show hot chicks shaking it. That's why they're doing the news story. I finally Duh. figured it out. That's the only reason they're doing it. It's, it is of no consequence whatsoever, other than you get to do B-roll for, te- for, for several minutes of... Of hot chicks and keep right. some moron eyeballs on the TV for a little while. Them are attractive women. I think I'll keep watching. Well, God, we're stupid. Is. What a beast. What a dumb beast. Well, uh, you're neglecting to recognize the beauty of the uh, the art form of exotic dance. <laughs> the art form. There are places for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. they're next to a football field. You sexists. Let's keep them separate. <laughs> I see a young woman who's worked for years to perfect her craft, and you're trying to put her out of work, you two sexists. You think of the amount of exercise she must put in. Exactly. To stay that live. Right, and then who designs those tight little outfits? You want to put them out of work, too? I've always thought it was moronic to have the dancing girls at the sporting events. Anyway. Speaking of putting people out of work, how about Texas opening up and the reaction in the mainstream media? We ought to retouch on that at some point. Yeah, we do hit, need to hit on Texas. There's not enough of the full Governor Abbott quote being put out today, I don't think. When you hear more of it, it doesn't sound, well, it didn't sound crazy to me anyway, but it doesn't sound as crazy it's being portrayed by the crazies. All that's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It is now time to open Texas 100%. All businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. We're never going to subscribe to the point of view of some of other states. There was one large state today that said no masks, everything goes back to normal uh, in the midst of a pandemic. And by the way, their positivity rate is exponentially higher than the state of California. Uh, and, of course, their death rate's much higher as well. Uh, we're a little more mindful and sober of the potency of these variants and mutations as well. A little mindful and sober of the experience we had last summer. 
He makes me so angry. He makes me so angry. Is he purely incompetent, purely dishonest, or like half and half? I think uh, think I think he's uh, he's an he's an incompetent, dishonest person. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So that was the governor of Texas, Abbott, announcing they're open. More on his statement in just a second. From more on to more on, that was Governor Newsom there of California. I'm not sure his numbers are right anyway, but even if they are, we've all seen by now the comparisons of California with Florida. Florida stayed open, California shut down, ended up at the same spot after a year with with hospitalizations, deaths per capita, all that sort of stuff. So you can't lecture people about its work. The, the stats don't back you up. And then even more importantly, how about instead of lecturing another state about a theoretical future problem, how about the current fact that you won't allow schools to open and kids are killing themselves or going crazy because they can't go to school and you've got no reason to allow that to happen, you lying SOB. That so is so maddening to me. He's so wrong in so many ways. I mean, as you put it, Florida and California in a very similar place, COVID-wise, but a vastly different place in terms of educational achievement, in terms of mental health of children, economically, jobs, etc. Gavin, you have no defense for your point of view. Plus, as Jack points out, you're faulting Greg Abbott for taking on a theoretical risk in the future where you have children dying now. It's unconscionable. Anyway... Uh, back to the uh, governor of Texas's statement, which got a lot of attention, um, negative attention on the left. Democrats react to Abbott's decision. We heard Gavin Newsom saying it's absolutely reckless. Beto O'Rourke, remember him? He ran for president. A death warrant for Texans, he said. So and, pretty. Um, Julian Castro said this decision is, isn't based on science at all. Of course it is, you idiot. Keith Oberman, liar. who used to be a giant deal on MSNBC and then ESPN and then first ESPN and then back and forth. Anyway, he gets fired everywhere he goes. He tweeted out Greg Abbott saying, Texas is open 100% everything, all caps. Keith Oberman responded with mass murderer. Well, that's a that's a heck of a statement. Unbelievable. Robbie, Su- Robbie Suave of Reason Magazine, libertarian and a regular on our show, said... Given that the original justification for lockdowns was preventing hospitals from being overwhelmed, I'd say this is, if anything, overdue. I don't think most people even remember that that was the original justification for closing your school or your business to make sure hospitals didn't go overwhelmed. That was the reason. That's the only way you could justify kicking kids out of school and not letting you run your business. We've got to keep that. Well, that's not, not become a problem, and it's not even close to a problem right now. Well, right. If a place like Texas says that is so far in a rearview mirror, we're so we're so many miles away from that. We're going to now allow people to resume their lives and exercise the liberties they're due as Americans. If you say that, suddenly you're the crazy one. So the rest of uh, Governor Abbott's um, speech, and this is just part of it because he talked for quite a while, but it's clear from the recoveries, vaccinations, reduced hospitalizations, and safe practices that Texans are using, the state mandates are no longer needed. Today's announcement does not abandon safe practices that Texans have mastered over the past year. In other words, he's saying we don't need a government rule for this. You're all you're doing it on your own, and I think you're going to continue to do it. I am fine with that relationship with government. A lot, half the country that leans leftward is not. They want the government to decide when you, whether you should do it or not. No personal decision on this. Just we tell you whether or not you should. 
you know, I put it simply like this. There is a large measure of our populace and our media, and our government for that matter, that have no interest in liberty. Not only do they not have a love of liberty, they don't like it. Um, now, to show that I am uh, attempting to be an honest broker on these things, I'm not. I don't come in trying to pitch a point of view on the COVID virus at all. I want to know what's going on for my own uh, safety and health and everything like that. Newly reported coronavirus cases are rising. They're ticking up after a couple of days. So it has been going down, 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 down pretty steep, flattened for several days, as Dr. Fauci talked about over the weekend, and now have ticked back up again. This could be a blip, but it also could be going back up again with the new the new variants out there and everything like that. So it's definitely worth keeping your eye on. Wow, interesting. Well, that is why I've uh, been giving myself those Chinese anal swabs. <laughs> Uh, a couple of times a day, just to be safe. In fact, several times, morning, noon, night, right after each meal. In fact, I'm doing one right now. Oh, oh man! You having a good time, Joe? That was uh, that was really something. <laughs> good for you, Greg Abbott. Embrace liberty. Let your people do what they need to do to protect themselves and their loved ones and their employees and their customers. And let's see how it goes. Embrace liberty. Meanwhile, we know. That people are dying and uh, and being devastated emotionally from current decisions that have no science behind them whatsoever. Gavin Newsom, you liar! Please call in or somebody from your office and defend your position on not allowing public schools to be open. I'd love to hear your explanation. Greg Abbott's not absolutely reckless. You are, you liar. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 